You are listening to the Third and East Podcast Power Hour. This is Patrick Perio speaking for Swell Boyle. How are you doing tonight, Swell? Oh, I can't complain. Can't complain. It was in the 40s when I woke up, and it was in the 80s as I'm sitting here inside winding down. So, Yeah, it was 40 this morning. I think it was 60, uh, I think 60 here and everything, so pretty co- comfortable for me, at least anyway. I, I'm, I like that type of temperature. I don't know about you. 80, uh, not this time of year for me. I'm, I'm back to my northern routine <laughs> so uh, although i do miss wish wearing shorts still i think shorts is amazing this time of the year but i'm not going to experience that probably for another month yeah shorts are pretty great uh, i can say that much they are pretty fantastic yeah but you know what i up here you get i get to experience winter clothes which is something that's nice yeah, you have more wardrobe and everything. Something that you don't appreciate. That you don't have there. You have to pick yeah. out a winter jacket and everything. You have to pick out. I got some nice snow boots that are amazing and everything. I mean, yeah, I got a few. I got a few things. Now it's not like Wisconsin or Minnesota where they're you know they have to fucking like, grind for the really hard winters and everything. But, you know, it, that it, it didn't snow up here. But we're going to break it down here because uh, we had breaking news yesterday, Slum. Uh, so the Packers and the Jets, um, they finally happened. Everyone rejoices. I think everyone in the NFL community rejoices because it did get done. After the Packers and Jets were rumored to uh, call off trade talks last week and everything, they apparently resumed on Monday and bam. Uh, they uh, Over the weekend, and bam, the trade actually was agreed upon. Uh, which I was actually pretty surprised this happened before the draft. I thought it was going to happen on day two and everything. And this is the return. Um, so for those looking here and everything, so the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers. They, the Packers and the Jets swap the 15th and 13th pick together. So the Packers now get the Jets pick at 13. Jets get the 15th pick. Packers receive a second round, the 42nd overall, this year's draft, as well as they do trade a, six, a fifth rounder for a six, and they get a return of six. Um, so that, but then that, there's a conditional second round pick that turns into a first next year if Aaron Rodgers plays uh, 65% of the snaps, which is roughly about 10 or 11 games. Your initial thoughts on this trade? Uh, I think the uh, I think the Jets got a pretty um, gave up a pretty good amount, yeah. and of course they get whatever he's making now that they have to cover. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know why it took so long, but as soon as the Jets started signing like these former Packers receivers and making all the like just folding to his demands pretty quick, it was pretty evident that it was going to happen. I'm just surprised it took this long. I don't know if this makes them competitors, to be honest with you, but I do think they get better. 
If the Jets were in the AFC, I 100% say they would be Super Bowl contenders without question. And if they were in the NFC, 100%, I would say they will be Super Bowl contenders. To me, I think they're going to have a solid roster. I think they will compete for a playoff spot. Maybe potentially make the AFC championship. Depends on how they go. But I think that's going to be their max here and everything. To me, um, as a Packers fan personally, this is a hell of a tr- uh, trade by Gutekers, uh, who's been getting a lot of blame for this and everything. To me here, I mean, he get, this is uh, and me and my best friend um, is a Padres fan and everything. He said this is the best return we put have possibly gotten, and I couldn't agree more. To possibly get two first rounds that, you know, you, you, you trade up into this draft by, I know it's only two slots, but now you, you're going to get your guy. I just I just told all my Jeff fans, we're going to pick the guy that you want. And it's going to come back and bite you in the ass now and everything. But now you get that conditional pick. If the Jets stuck next year, oh boy, they're going to regret this trade. But, you know, if the Jets are going to perform that a lot of people are expecting to, it's going to be a mid to late pick and everything. And, you know, that's fine. This is a Patterson has to be building. But most importantly, that cap now is gone for the Packers. Then they're going to eat a lot of that cap, but that's gone. And now they have a window in a couple, in two or three years here. Not this year is going to be a complete wash, but in the next, you know, after after 2023, from 2024 to 2027, they have a window now where they can build some young talent or anything, especially in the later part of that window. They now have potential with all the cap opportunities that they have and everything to possibly go out and make a run. And for the Jets, this could be a win-win trade because the Jets are in desperate need of a quarterback. There's a lot of fact, you know, the Jets haven't had a really solid quarterback in a very long time. This is a name guy, really since Brett Favre, uh, and even that he was just a one-hit wonder. The Jets are going to have to hope. They, they get two years out, out of Rodgers. They need to get two years out of Rodgers for this trade to pan out. I thought it was a little bit, you know, Joe, Joe Douglas has always won a lot of his trades. To me, I think he comes up a little bit flat here. That conditional second rounder to become a first was the thing the Packers were looking for. And I got to be said, I think the Jets, not only the Jets, but I think the Rodgers made this into they, they made the Packers get all the bargaining chips, and I'll tell you why. The Jets were very outspoken, in their opinion, with Rodgers. They said that we wanted him and everything. Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and said he wants to be a Jet. That's won all the momentum to the Packers' favor. I don't care what anyone says. Because now the Packers have all the bargaining chips. If they didn't come out and if both of those, if both sides, if Rodgers and the Jets said didn't say anything about the situation or anything, we could be looking at a much lesser deal for the Jets. Because they opened their mouths, they paid. It's going to turn out. I hope it does for them. I do. But now it signals a new era in Green Bay. And what era is that even going to be? I mean, do do, do we really expect well, them to roll with Jordan Love? I do. Um, there's there's a lot of there, there's been a lot of flashes in the camps and everything. I mean, he looked good. Me and you looked at that Eagle game uh, in that second half with Rogers got hurt. He looked pretty good against arguably the most talented roster in the NFL last year. Yeah, uh, he looked like he was ready. He looked like he was ready. And for a team that didn't really have a receivers, he looked like he was a lot more decisive 
in the pocket. Sure, they were trailing and everything, but hey, Rodgers went in against a, a very good Cowboys team in 07. Same similar circumstance and everything, against a dominant team. Same thing happened. The Packers, they didn't have to provide any insurance in 2025 picks. The Packers don't have, don't have to worry about that tap room. The thing that killed the Packers, and I'll always say this, the thing that killed the Packers wasn't um, signing Rodgers. Them signing Rodgers last offseason really hurt them. But them signing Bakhtiari to that big deal two seasons ago murdered them. Murdered yes. them. Yes. That murder cap situation. But guess what? Their cap situation would be a hell of a lot worse if they would have signed Devontae Adams last last offseason. Right. They would have zero money. I mean, they even even after trading Rodgers, they would still have to move some stuff around. So to to me, this is a win for the this is a win for the Packers. No matter, I know they was an all, all star quarterback. He wasn't going to play from period. Now the Packers say they wish they would have. The Packers wish they would have talked to him and everything. I agree, but we don't know this. We don't know the suicide stories. Rogers said, "Oh, they they returned calls and everything." We don't somewhere it's gonna be somewhere in the middle. To me, this is a mutual parting of the ways, it sounds like and everything. Rogers has gone ahead and said a statement or anything, he's facing or anything. I wish him nothing for the best. I don't know how the New York media is gonna treat him, in all honesty. But I think this could be a win win trade. And keep in mind also, after two years and everything, maybe if he writes that mentorship to Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson instead of chasing milks, he chases touchdowns. <laughs> Although, did you see that? Did you see Zach Wilson's mom apparently loved the move and everything? So, uh, Zach Wilson's mom might be after uh, Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, it's either that or she might want him out of um, the New York market, whichever one. I never thought that Zach Wilson was a good fit for that area, anyways. To this day, that, that draft pick never made sense. It does, it never made sense to me. Most importantly in this move and everything, this sets up the Packers very well for next year's draft. Because you know, because of that second overall pick, second overall that or like is likely gonna turn into a first overall pick, they now have leverage. If they want to go up and get say if Joe Love doesn't pan out, they can get a guy like Julius Williams potentially and really trade up and everything. They can, or the other I forget who the other quarterback is next year, they can go out and get Marvin Harrison Jr. For not as much, they have leverage now for next year. In the draft next year is huge for them. Yeah, absolutely huge, and that's the reason why Green Bay got the seal done ahead of time. Sure, they take a little bit more hit in the tap and everything. You knew that was going to happen. It was, you know, it's this year's not going to be the best year. I come to full reality with that, but you know what? I am glad because it's better than you know the last two years of Aaron Rodgers. This year's not as bad with Aaron Rodgers' contract. The next two years are. Pretty brutal with that deal and everything. So, good luck, New York. Good luck. You're going to need it. But then, then New York, the Jets had the Jets had the cap space. He had to keep that in mind. That's true. That, that's the big play. That's why it was them and like two other teams that can make a move for him because they had the money. It, it's it's not it, coming from a. Coming from a guy whose team traded their franchise future, who had a huge contract, it's not that easy to move someone like that, especially a guy who, in all fairness, has passed his prime. 
it's not that easy. There's only so much you're going to get. I saw some people calling in. They were mad. They thought they could have got three first rounders, and it's just not the case. No. It's not. And if 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 Rogers was on a more cap friendly deal, this might have turned into a Russell Wilson type deal. Of course, now, of course. Now I'm sure the Packers now regret that because after they what they see what the Broncos offered Seattle. Yeah, I think they would have taken that deal in a heartbeat. The issue the issue was was Rogers's cap. Right. That did, that don't resign and hurt them and everything. But this really softened that's gonna soften that blow and everything. It may you know, last year was a failed season for them. The Packers saw enough out of Rogers say he looked like he, he was a quick man for a majority of the year and everything. This is done a fresh start. And I think it's gonna set up them very well over the next this sets them better off this sets them up better off for the next four years than if they were to keep Rogers the next four years. Right. I know it's tough for the rest of the media to say that. Jets, this could very well turn out for you. I hope it does. I think this. Is, I think they're a very exciting team. Hey, it adds it adds some pressure to the Bills. I like that. You know what? I like that. The AFC East is going to be really fun to watch this year. I cannot wait. That that might be the best division of football. And I don't. And I thought that. I thought that was a top tier division going forward. That might be the best division of football after this trade now. Yeah, that's that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty safe bet. Um, I think the AFC West will be better this year, not better than the East, but I think they'll be more improved. But I I think the AFC East is going to be the top conference. Yeah, they're I, to, I mean they outbeat the West and everything, top to bottom. When the Patriots are probably the least talked about team in that conference and that defense and everything, that's a pretty legit division. So I'm just going to say that. Yeah. And never sleep on us. Never sleep. On the Patriots, ever, ever, because even then they're a tough team. Always, as long as the, as long as the demon in the hoodie is there. <laughs> There's only one more demon in the sports industry that's worse, and that's Nick Saban. I like Nick Saban. I don't know why. I think he's he's the, he's the devil. He is the devil. Is he? Is he though? He, he might be, yeah. He, well, he, looks, he looks like you'd not, not be a good will, guy to be will, around. <laughs> he looks like more of the devil. Urban Meyer is probably the devil when it comes to college athletics. He's Urban awesome. Meyer just looks like a sleazy, sleazy yeah, he's guy. A sleazeball. He's a sleazeball. I do not like him at all. Yeah, I don't like him. Nobody likes Urban Meyer. Good. So now, so, so that's a big night for us. Second biggest night of the year, probably with the show and everything, is going to be our mock draft. For those that don't have any listen to us or anything, we only do one mock draft. We don't do mock drafts for the sake of mock drafts. We only do one. Because why are you not to do it on draft week? Yeah, the, so, the people have been doing them for like six or eight weeks, and there's just too much that happens. Trades will be factored in. Uh, just keep in mind, when you trade, you don't you know, you're just going to say, we're not going to tell them what, what, what turns into decisions, so that's going to be ridiculous and everything. Trades will be countered in. It's not going to be a lot of trades because if you predict trades accurately and there's many trades about the first round or there might not be, congratulations, you might as well go back some stats instead of betting on freaking NFL draft. Yeah. Well, so, so we, me and you start our mock draft tonight and everything. And it's a team that stuck, that did trade up with the Carolina Panthers. There's rumors with this pick. 
today is Will Levis now the first overall pick. Apparently, according to apparently according to Reddit and all of and the betting markets now, it's head. Will Levis went from a hundred to one down to four. Now he's down to two to one at the time of this recording. Is there truth to? Is it it's apparently him going to the Texans or the Panthers is now becoming really hot in the first two picks? I think it would be foolish. I think it would be foolish if the Panthers took him number one. I think it would be okay. foolish if Houston took him at number two. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I don't. You can call him a project. You can call him whatever you want. I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. So, how are we going to do this, me and you? We're going to do odds or are we going to do evens? I think because your Texans are even, my Panthers are at odd. We're going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do odds and you're going to do evens. All righty. But, but me, in terms of going first. Right. Because me and you are still going to pick the picks. There's no way the Panthers are going to trade this pick. Because with the first overall selection in the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers are going to select Bryce Young, quarterback to Alabama. That's who I have. Don't think there's going to make – to me, his intangibles are through the roof. Uh, he's the best leader. Um, he's going to be the best leadership uh, quarterback without question in this draft and everything. Size may matter in this regard and everything, but to me, his intangibles are through the roof. The Panthers would be stupid if they traded all of this for um, the only guy I have considered is CJ is CJ Stroud. To me, he's Stroud's my number one player on the board. I think for the system fit, I think Bryce Young's going to be the fit there. Yeah, as far as throwing mechanics, uh, accuracy, decision making, basically everything except being, you know, the typical size. He's far above the other guys. It would even if even if you have him for seven or eight years, and you get elite quarterback play for six of those, I think that's worth a first overall pick, especially in their situation right now. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with you on everything. Uh, to me, this is a rebuilding. You know, everyone says that Carolina is going to be the best fit for any of these young quarterbacks going in. I'm not sure how much I want to believe that in everything or. Uh, to me, this is a really nice pick. To me, this would be a nice pick for the Panthers as uh, we'll talk on draft night on who will, will they select. But to me, uh, it's going to be quarterback no matter what. And you trade all that staff girl. You, you shouldn't do that for Will Levis. You're going to do that for Bryce Yeah, you're not going to do that for a guy that you could have gotten probably where they originally were, maybe not. But yeah, uh, this bona fide first overall pick is Bryce Young. So, their Texans are on now on a clock, so I'm so if I'm Nick Casario, which I'm not, but if I'm Nick Casario, I am turning in my draft card, and Roger Goodell is reading it, and he is going to read with the second pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Houston Texans select, William Anderson Jr. out of and Alabama. I have, and I have the Texans selecting William Anderson Jr., defensive end, or edge, Alabama. To me, Alabama goes number one and two off the board and everything. 
the pick, the sexy pick will be CJ Stroud. Apparently, the front office of the Texans do not like him enough. I think the Texans are going to be targeting quarterback in the next year's draft or possibly later on in this. Um, to me, um, Will Anders, to me, Jalen Carter would be the pick here, but there's too many bad, there's too much values for him. Uh, to me, Will Anderson's going to fit the mold. And remember, this is a defensive coach. This is a, uh, this is a organization that builds pass rushers really, really well with Jadavion Clowney and, of course, J.J. Watt. I think Will Anderson's going to be the pick there. Yeah, I mean, he's just – he's got phenomenal numbers. I mean, everyone talks about last year how he had these explosive plays and he had that big interception that he returned for a touchdown. But if you look at his 2021 numbers, he had 17 and a half sacks. He had 101 total tackles. And he had 31 for loss. It's not a TFL in college. That means that it's it's just loss. You know what I'm saying? 31. His career number, 34 and a half sacks, 204 total tackles in the SEC on a team that's full of great defensive pass rushers. He put up those numbers. He's the number one prospect for a reason. Yeah. He, put, he, he is – Unbelievable year and everything. Yeah, could, could could have been even better. I think he's gonna have to drive and everything, but on the right thing, you know, 10 sacks, ten sacks, six four, two hundred fifty three pounds. I mean, he was a start. He was a freshman in two thousand twenty. You know, he was a freshman to start on that Saban's defense in two thousand twenty. Yeah. And he that. put up really solid numbers. Here's also my thing with him. This is a bold statement. Each NFL draft class averages about 1.6 Hall of Famers, I think is what the average was, like in the modern era. or it's, it's, it's low. It's not high. And I think if there's anyone who could be one, I'm not saying he's going to be, but there's, if there's anyone in this draft who could be one, it's him. Mm-hmm. So now Arizona's on the clock for me uh, here. Toughest pick, in my opinion, the toughest pick in the entire draft. Mm-hmm. Really tough. Arizona desperately wants to trade down. And when I looked at this board, especially in the top 10, there's nobody, in my opinion, that wants to trade up to that three spot. I mean, there's one team in mind, but I don't think they want to uh, go all the way up. I think there's just two. I think there's too many players that where they are going to be available. I won't say who. However, with this pick here and everything, remember, Arizona. I don't think they. I don't think they trade this pick. I don't. I could. I. I debated. I debated this for a while. I don't think they're going to trade this pick. I think they're going to try to. I don't think they will, as I don't think the returns going to be there. With the third pick in the draft, the Arizona Cardinals are going to pick Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Wow. Project guy. Project guy, edge rusher. A little bit of a reach here, and I think. Remember, this is a defensive-minded GM and now head coach going into that system. Everyone's projecting them now with an offensive offensive lineman. To me, they don't trade the pick. To me, they're wanting too much. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have. If they don't trade it before draft night, if they don't trade it before seven o'clock on draft night, they're not gonna trade this pick. To me, they're gonna go defensive and everything. 
there's a need for corner, but there's a nice corner market in the second round for them and everything. So maybe we're going to go with an edge rusher because that's what they desperately need. Jalen Carter is the pick, in my opinion, but I think they're worried about him. Tyree Wilson's a safer pick here and more upside. I actually have them taking Jalen Carter. Uh, I don't. I don't think Jalen Carter is. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to do serious jail time from what it sounds like. But I get why they would be nervous. Um, and if all those fails, you get some compensatory picks while he's serving his seven-year sentence. Yeah, I think he's I mean, the better option. I don't, I don't doubt it. And to me, he fits their system more because it's going to help replace J.J. Watt right now and everything. To me, the upside's there with Tyree Wilson. When you look at his game tape and Big 12 and everything, there's a lot to like. He, should, he reminds me of a Zidiansa in a way. Guy who's very raw, but he, he could be there for them and everything. Your rival Colts, fourth pick. There's always one team that makes a dumb move and reaches on somebody. And I think it's going to be Indianapolis. And I think they That's actually draft. Yeah. That's yeah. your rival, though. Yeah. I think they're going to draft Will Levis, in all honesty. <laughs> you think they're going to draft Will? Apparently, they will Will Levis. Apparently, yeah. they do. Yeah, they, they met with him a couple times. They went to his pro day. They seem to really like him. And I think this is going to be where he goes off the board. Again, I, I know that they always talk about physical intangibles, physical intangibles, physical intangibles. Yeah, he's, he's, he's too good there. To me, with the fourth overall selection, Indianapolis is going to go with CJ Stroud. I don't think that's the best fit for CJ Stroud, personally. I think there's another team on the board that's going to be a better fit. However, I think the talent's just way too much there, and I think Indianapolis that's a that's a steal to draft with the number four pick. To your rival Colts. There we go. So you had a you so you you pick Will Levis. I think that's where they're going to go. All I see is a guy who is not that athletic, who has a pretty strong arm. I'll give him that, but. I see a guy who turns the ball over a lot, just like Sam Darnold did. And I thought Sam Darnold was very talented. I didn't hold that too, too much against him. But he went to a situation where it's like, hey, we can't afford for you to throw double-digit interceptions. We cannot play that game. And if people think that that's just going to stop whenever Will Levis gets to the NFL, if they automatically think, oh, he'll become more accurate, he'll move the ball downfield more, he'll find the end zone more. Because he's at the NFL now. You're out of your mind. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. I, I don't know why this guy is so hyped up. And there's another quarterback in the draft I have the same concern about. But yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sold on him, but I know the Colts are, and I think the Colts make a big mistake here. I have C.J. Stroud going to the Colts. I think they have to steal the draft. I do not think, I, uh, as I was trying to talk about before we got disconnected, I don't think this is the best team fit for him. I think that, by, however, I think the upside's way, and the Colts are idiots if they don't pass up and anything. To me, they don't. They actually stay put, and they don't overbite on number four. They're thrilled that Stroud falls number four. I can see that. So, I have the Seahawks with the number five pick here. With the fifth 
pick in the uh, in the draft here and everything. The Seattle Seahawks are going are going to pick here. They're going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. tackle out of Ohio State. Okay. And surprise of the draft. A lot of them had them picking Jalen Carter. I don't think politically correct Seattle is going to want a, a potential felon on their team or anything. So that's one of the reasons why that offensive line, this is an offensive team and everything. There's a lot of holes on defense. We're going to get that later on in the draft. To me, Tyree Wilson would be the pick here and everything, but the Cardinals already got him. Uh, Seattle, to me, um, is here to need some cornerback help. I like their, I like the corners later on in this draft more than the first round here and everything. Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be pick. And he's rising on a lot of people's boards. This is going to sound really crazy, but I have Seattle trading down with, you know what? Seattle came into the league in 1976, and there was another team that came along with them, so this seems fitting. I see them trading with Tampa Bay, and I have Tampa Bay drafting C.J. Stroud. Wow. Apparently, Tampa's wanting to move up. That is the boiling rumor. I don't know why, but they need a quarterback desperately. Kyle Trask is not the answer there. Their longtime veteran backup, Blaine Gabbert, is gone. They don't have a lot of options. I see them moving up. And that's probably one of my craziest takes. That's juicy. If that becomes if that comes to fruition, fruition, I am going to bust. Oh boy, nobody wants to see that. Well, they'll hear it on the podcast. Sal, so see, lions on the lions on the clock. Sits pick. You know, if I'm Detroit, I'm looking back on a lot of game film last year, and I see a lot of my guys getting burnt by these crazy NFC receivers, uh-huh. and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching week after week a shootout that we just don't have the firepower yet for. So I need to stop that. Detroit is going to make probably the best move, or the second best move of the draft here. And they're going to draft Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, cornerback. We we agree on this pick. I to me, this guy is the best. This guy for a corner shouldn't even be a Calder corner. This guy is a freaking truck. This guy can absolutely tackle and everything. To me, they trade. You know, there's a reason why they trade Jeff Dakota. Yeah, they have a hold to fill and everything. And, and Jeff Dakota was not all that special for being the third overall pick. Now they got a guy. At, Devin Witherspoon, uh, guy, you know, connected to the Big Ten there in, uh, obviously, in Michigan here and everything. I think he's, uh, you know, they're attempting to go Russian or anything here to help bolster with uh, Hutchinson. To me, secondary is a big need for them. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And like I said, he's the, he's the top corner on the board. It's, there's some really, really, really good corners in this draft, but it is very much he is the top one, and it's basically everybody else. So to me, this is bona fide top ten pick. I wish he would be there at twelve for Houston. He won't be, and the Lions get a franchise player. Perfect. So 
me and you both agree on that pick, which is a rarity, which is good. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Raiders are on clock. But the Raiders are not on clock for Anamita. There is a trade. <gasps> there is a trade. And the Raiders are going to be trading with the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. With the seventh pick in the in the seventh pick of the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to select Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Mm. Pairs up with his teammate Cox from Georgia, from Georgia, and everything. Pairs up with Jordan Cox with Jalen Carter to have a dominant defensive line for years to come. It's a team that's going to do defense in the draft and everything. This team is going to be in win-now mode. Raiders don't really like – they want to go corner. They want Devin Witherspoon. They don't like a lot of the selections that they like. They don't – Raiders do not want to select the quarterback in this draft, apparently, and everything. They're going to trade back, in my opinion. Uh, this is – this trade makes a lot of sense for the Eagles and everything. To me, a lot of people say they're going to pick best player available no matter what. To me, they're going to go all in with Jalen Carter. A team, an organization who I love to bash, but they have really have grown a lot of respect over the last few years um, with that front office and everything. To me, uh, and he pairs up with a accountability teammate potentially in Jordan Cox and everything. So to me, um, it's going to be Jalen Carter being Eagles trading up three spots. So on my end, of course, he was already off on my board. I think Las Vegas still sticks. With going cornerback here, and I think they go with Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. He's number two. He's the number two cornerback on most people's uh, draft boards, and he is worthy of a top ten pick. He does have a top ten grade, and I don't think he's as physically gifted like Devin Witherspoon is. He doesn't have that size that you're looking for. He doesn't have that hit stick that Witherspoon has. What he does have is a pretty strong knowledge of the game, and he has a good nose for the ball. He can kind. He gets tossed every now and then. He's a little on the lighter side, but you can put on some mass. I think he's a really smart guy. I think he has a good nose for the ball, and I think he's. It's a close. It's a close race between him and Devin Witherspoon for my favorite corner in this year's draft. And you know me, I hate cornerbacks. I really do. I was apparently the Raiders do not like Christian Gonzalez, according to uh, my rumor mill and everything. So that's the reason why I do not have him drafting uh, him there and everything. That's why I have the Raiders do train down at the spot. Well, well, no one likes cornerbacks. They're assholes. I will say this. But you need them. (laughs) If if Stroud is past four, if Stroud somehow, some way, that's past four, I think the Raiders will absolutely make a move. I think Stroud's going to be the best fit in Oakland. I think that's his best fit in his draft. I'm just going to say that right up uh, up front out there. I mean, that's his best fit. Oh, yeah, it's hard to argue that. It's hard. Number eight, number eight pick, Sloan, here on clock with the Falcons. Alrighty, I'm Arthur Smith. In this and I think, Patrick, you and I have had this conversation before. I'm Arthur Smith. I have a very, very, very simple philosophy. I will run the ball any way I can. I will use speed over size if I have to, but why not have both? So I'm going to look for skill position player, the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, the most athletic person in this draft. The Atlanta Falcons with the eight pick 
are drafting Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Oh, 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 oh. you went that? Wow, I, I didn't expect that. There. And I, I've been openly critical of him. I am super critical of him. I think he's inaccurate. I think, like Will Levis, he's been hyped up to such an outrageous extent because of physical prowess. But I think in the right system, you can do something with him. There's not a lot of those. One of them that – another one that I would consider is Baltimore. I don't see him falling that far, and I don't see Baltimore moving up because there's just so much uncertainty with the whole Lamar Jackson situation. I think Atlanta picks him up, and I think they try to – This, is, in all honesty, I think they try to grab some of that old Mike Vick magic, you know, an old – old school, you know, Atlanta Falcons offense, run the ball, set up for a big passing play if you can. Cause Anthony Richardson does have a pretty strong arm in all, in all fairness. He does kind of like what Mike Vick had use that run game to try to open up a couple of those per game. They'll probably start winning again. I don't think it's a good move. I don't think it's a move that I would make, but I think it's a move that Atlanta is going to try. It is a project. Desmond Ritter is not their guy. It is not going to happen. Marcus Mariota is gone. They need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. In our so now here, I looked at this draft and everything for the Atlanta Falcons. A couple of guys that are going to be on the board here and everything for nominary thing. And to me, they need they need still. I think the, I think the still position player is absolutely the need for them. Yeah. Yeah, don't think quarterbacks in play because I don't think I don't think that roster is very good right now. But you know what they haven't been able to do in a long time? What? Run the football. No, no, they haven't. Beat John Robinson. Wow, at number eight. At number eight. Wow. They are des- That's a guy who will be able to move the foot. You know. Him and Algier as as a one-two punch. I think this I've seen this on a lot of mock drafts and everything. To me, this makes a lot of sense for them. Um, I know you don't want to select a running back in the top ten anymore. I think to me for for the Falcons, this is an exception because of how poor their offensive system has been over the past few years. This is a team that started off really hot last year. They faltered down the stretch and everything. To me, Bijan Robinson is going to keep them in games. Yeah. To me, and I don't like I don't like the edge rushers here at where they're at right now in this draft for them. So yeah, you see more value, like kind of like you know similar thinking, more value in a skill position player. Yeah, to me, don't don't draft a quarterback really high here. And I like the Anthony Richardson pick for a few. And I think that's a team that I undervalued here. And I like that. I do like that pick for the, uh, for them there. Now we go to the Bears. Still suck. As <laughs> they do. When I think the Chicago Bears, so they went from one to nine. That's a pretty big drop for the worst team in football. Huge. Last year. That's a big drop for them. This team needs a lot of help. And to me, I to me they want to build their team. There's two picks in my opinion here they go. I think one clearly stands out. With the ninth overall selection and ties to the Chicago area, they select Spear Saransky, tackle out of Northwest. 
wow. helped build the worst offensive line in football. Under the radar pick, Northwestern guy. Chicago guy. Chicago school. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense there. It does. It does. But you and I both know the Bears' culture. They're a defensive-minded team, defensive-minded organization. I have them taking Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa here. That was my other one. Nicely done. Nicely done. To me, as far as defensive linemen and pass rushers go, he's flown under the radar. That $100 bill test came out with Philadelphia. And apparently, you know, he took the $100 bill and yada yada. That's from draft day. That's from a movie. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if there's any truth to it in any way, shape, or form. I haven't found a credible source to say so. They didn't talk about it on any radio that I listened to today. I don't know if that's true. I do know that he is a top seven prospect on a lot of boards. And due to the immense talent of Anderson and Jalen Carter and Witherspoon, there's just only so many directions you can go. And I think that's why he falls this, you know, almost almost out of the top ten. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think this would be a great pick. Lucas Vanez out of Iowa. Great highlight reel. Yeah, very nice highlight, very nice highlight reel. The number 10 pick is going to be um, for you. It's the Eagles. So, yeah, of course, I have the Eagles who did not trade down. And I had them going with Tyree Wilson. Edge. That's a scary pick for that. That's a really scary And I think 10 a good spot for him. Yeah, I think 10 a good spot. I did. He t- he ranges. I see him. I see him being as high as three. I I see him as high as two in the line of mantras. I don't believe that. I see him as low as twenty. He's the player that is going to. It's all going to vary. I'm not, you know, it's a, to me, he's the biggest mystery in this draft. Right. Uh, I, I saw enough. Oh, I, I saw enough oh, of him play. I think he's a really good player. So now we get to the Raiders. For me, um, I had the Raiders here because they trade with the they trade down for the Eagles, who moved up to get Jalen Carter um, from seven to ten. Raiders went from seven seven, seven uh, they went from seven to ten here. With this pick here for the Raiders, I look at a couple of things. To me, quarterbacks is such is a such a fit there. Potentially looking at Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. But this is a pretty conservative front office for the Raiders here, in mm-hmm. my opinion. They don't want to go sexy. They want to win a big move, but nah, I don't think they want to. You know, it is tempting for them to pick a sexy pick in the Chiefs' home, you know, hometown with the draft to steal some of that thunder. But they're not going to do that. To me, I think the value is too much there. And everything. I said I don't like him. How come I'm picking Christian Gonzalez here with the 10th pick? Wow. They not only trade down, they get more capital, but they get a guy who fits a need for them. And regardless, I don't even if the Eagles were not to trade up and everything, I think the Eagles select him at ten anyway. Yeah, That's he's, he's a top ten pick. He's a top ten pick. Uh-huh. Eagle, watch the Eagles pick Tristan Gonzalez. 
I'm just going to say that. 11. That's the Tennessee Titans, your division rival. Team that needs a lot of pieces offensively. It's offense. It's going to be 100% offense. And this is – I know I'm in a borderline here and everything. It's going to be – to me, it's going to be quarterback with the Tennessee Titans. I don't think they should pick quarterback, but they're going to. Well, overall selection, I haven't picked any Anthony Richardson. Wow. Become Steve McNair 2.0. They can still play with Ryan Tannehill. Um, they can heat them more to the belt. I know they have a similar prospect right now in Malik Willis and everything. But, however, I just don't think they're so – I think they saw enough of him and everything. I think Anthony Richardson's going to be the kick here. I saw enough of Malik Willis. And as, as low it's as over. I am on Anthony Richardson, I'm even lower on Malik Willis. I never thought Malik Willis deserved to be drafted that high. And for the Titans to – like you said, they tried to get – Steve McNair 2.0, not this polished passer, not very accurate, but super athletic and big. Steve McNair was a big guy. He was hard to bring down. And I think that's what Anthony Richardson is. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis just didn't have that dog in him. I think Anthony Richardson does, but I think in this day and age, that's a little outdated. Steve McNair cannot play. All due respect to him, rest in peace. I do not think he could play in today's league. I don't think he could. The defensive linemen are too big, too fast, too strong, too athletic. The cornerbacks are too fast, too athletic. And again, you got to be accurate. And that's my that's my biggest concern with quarterbacks, especially a lot of the ones coming out of this draft. Well, they can't who's, who's, who's your pick for the Titans then? If I'm the Titans, I'm going to do something very boring. They lost a couple guys on the offensive line. This is where I would take Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern. Solid pick. Solid pick. Yeah, he's the best tackle in the draft, hands down. So is it sexy? No. Is he a future all-pro? Yeah, I think so. I saw a lot of – for some reason, I watched a lot of Northwestern games this year. I have a lot of respect for Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's a super smart coach. Northwestern was not easy to watch. But that guy played his ass off week after week, and no one gave him troubles. Nobody. They didn't lose because of him. Your Texans are now on the clock at 12. All right, I'm Nick Casario again. I have my goofy-looking haircut, and I have my facial expression that makes me look like a serial killer. You know, over the years, for some reason, the Texans were blessed. I don't know how. We've had two wideouts that are, in my opinion, a bona fide Hall of Famer, and an arguable Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, at the wide receiver position. And they've been trying to fill the hole of the first one for a very long time. Andre Johnson averaged almost 20 yards a catch in college. So did Quentin Johnston at a TCU. He's not as... Bulky as Andre was, but he is tall, and he's probably just as fast, maybe even a little bit faster. I look for catch radius on guys like this. Well, he only had like 1,100 yards. That doesn't jump off the page, but I look at catch radius, and I look at yards per catch, and I look at receptions. And he fit all three of those notches for me. 
the guy can play. And he played with a quarterback who's not even on draft boards. For this year, or if he played next year or next year. He's not on anyone's draft board. Who the hell is Max Duggan? He still put up numbers. Quentin Johnston, best available player. Um, I think, in all, in all honesty, best receiver in this year's draft. I think the Texans get him here. We have lacked firepower for a long, long, long time. And whoever they have at quarterback, whether it be Davis Mills, Case Keenum, or someone they draft in the second or third round, maybe another free agent, whoever it's going to be, they need somebody to throw to. And right now we don't have a lot of options. We really don't. We don't. We have um, we have that Italian tight end out of Oregon State, <laughs> or whichever one. He's from a Pac-12 school. And then we have Nico Collins, who played pretty well up until he got hurt. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. All the other guys. Are, oh, well, and Mechie, but we don't know what we're going to get with Mechie. All the other guys are gone. So, to me, this is a no-brainer pick. I have them getting a future Pro Bowl, maybe All-Pro. I'll call him a Pro Bowler for now. But yeah, and I'm excited about that pick. I'm more confident on this one than I am on the on a Will Anderson, in all honesty. Interesting. I go to Texans here. Yeah, there's a couple of things on the board here and everything for me. And you know what, with the Texans, I'm going to make a surprise here. They're going to trade. Mm. And they're going to trade with the New England Patriots at 14. Patriots trade up. <laughs> 12. New England with the 12th pick in this year's draft, they are going to take. Jackson Nitsan Najiba out of Ohio State where receiver. They are smitten with them. Wow. They oh they take they take the Packers. That's who the Packers want, apparently. The 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 New England Patriots are obsessed with them, apparently. Well let everyone thinks that Will Levis is gonna be the pick. He continues to follow my board. It's going to be the New England Patriots training up to get Jackson, Smith, and Ajiba. And now the Packers are on the clock after the trade with Aaron Rodgers. And with the 13th overall pick in, that dra- in the draft and everything, the Packers are going to select Nolan Smith, edge rusher, out of Georgia. Nice pick. Nice pick. Quentin Johnson's a sexy pick for them and everything. However, they want they want Johnson Smith Najimba because he fits their scheme really, really well to complement Christian Watson. Christian Watson and Quentin Johnson are two very similar receivers. Can't go that that route and everything. Plus, you're going to be able to get tight end. To me, Brian Branch is a good pick here. You do not trade that Aaron Rodgers pick and everything to draft Brian Branch this high. It's too high for him. Packers are a trade to trade down in my opinion here and get more picks. Be on the lookout for that. They they definitely could. I'm uh, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit on one thing. I don't think Bill Belichick is going to trade up to draft a receiver in the first round. I just don't see it happening. 
especially to to supply receivers to a quarterback who he doesn't really like and doesn't wow. really want. I think that Green Bay is still at 13, and I think they get their guy. I think your Packers are going to get Jackson Smith and Jiba. Yes. So that's who you're picking. I, mean, I, yep. I can agree with that. I think I, I think it's a compliment back backhanded middle finger to Aaron Rodgers that he's left up receiver in the first round this year. I think it's gonna happen. It'd be funny. It'll be very funny. New England Patriots are on the clock on fourteen. <laughs> For you. Well, I'm Bill Belichick and I'm uh here, let me do my Bill Belichick voice. Oh, hold on, let me put on my favorite sleeveless hoodie. All right, I look like I haven't showered or comb my hair in three days, but that's just how I look. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't draft skill position players very well, especially on offense. But you know, I, I can pick a defense. I can pick a defensive player, and um, I'm going to go with Joey Porter, cornerback out of Penn State. Joey Porter out of Penn State. I can totally see that there. And I think that's the perfect spot for him. Does, does he wow me with athleticism? No. Kind of in some cases, but not really. And I saw him get burned a couple of times in the Big Ten. But he doesn't get rattled. He doesn't really get penalized all that much. And again, I think he's got good vision for the ball. I think he's a perfect spot. I think with some proper development, they can work on some of those skills. You you can't teach a guy to be more athletic. You can teach him game knowledge to where he knows where he needs to be and the proper steps he needs to take to get there. And I think Bill Belichick and that staff in New England is going to be perfect to get him there. I think it's a solid pick. It's a little bit of a reach. I've seen him gone. I've seen him go as low as 33. I've seen him go as high as 12 to Houston. To me, this is a pretty solid spot. And I think they, um, I think they get a good, not another, not another, you know, he's not the next Darrell Revis or anything, but He's been compared to Jonathan Joseph, and from a Houston fan perspective, that's a pretty solid career. If you said, "Could you draft? Would you draft Jonathan Joseph again?" I would say, "Yeah." And well, we didn't draft him; Cincinnati did. But if you could draft Jonathan Joseph, would you? Yeah, absolutely. In the first round, at that pick, yeah, he's a solid player, and this guy is too. So, not not a sexy pick, but a good pick. So now here. I have your Texans actually picking this pick. With 14, I have them picking Quentin Johnson out of CCU. Hmm. Texans get a fourth-rounder out of this, in my opinion. Everything should go down two spots, but they get Quentin Johnson. Wow. You think think he falls? to me, they're going to negotiate a trade with the Patriots. The, to me here, the, you're, you're going to be like, hey, yeah, they're going to lose a receiver and everything. If they don't put Pitton and Johnson, we're going to pick the best player available on the board, no matter who that's going to be and everything. It's a win-win for them, in my opinion. 
And to me, hey, Quinton Johnson apparently is falling on draft boards. Apparently. I don't believe it because I think he is the best receiver in this draft and everything. But he's not going to be a steam fit for a lot of guys. That's why I don't think Green Bay is going to be the guy. New England is in the need of an explosive guy. That's where they're going to go Ohio State guy. Quentin Johnson, to me, fits the Texas scheme really, really. Yeah, I think he fits the scheme pretty well. And I think he can be a day one starter. That's that's what I'm looking at for receiver. He can go in and be the number one, maybe number two, until he develops a little bit. 15, Jets. For me, offensive, it's going to be offensive line, 100%. Fittest team for them. Yeah, yeah. To me, Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Tackle. To me, it's down to a couple of choices. It's going to be Broderick Jones. I am going to anticipate you're going to pick Paris Johnson Jr., uh yeah yeah that that's who was on my board um yeah not far off because uh, I don't want to spoil off. anything yeah not far off I th- I think the top four guys are really safe picks here um it could be any of those four that could fall that could go up that high and everything I think Byron Jones is gonna be a very solid pick for them and everything um uh, and look at Andrew Thomas what he's done with the Giants and everything he took them a couple of years Byron Jones is a similar type of player and everything I think he's gonna do very well in New York. 16 with the Commanders. Well, Washington, new ownership, same coach. Whatever the quarterback situation is going to be, you need to protect him. I have Broderick Jones going here. Very nice. Good selection. Good selection there. I can appreciate that. Well, because of the new new ownership change, what what are the receivers on this team? There's a lot to like on this team. Offensively, really nice. Defensively, nice team. Pass rush and everything. There's one thing missing. 16th overall selection. Watching the remainders pick Will Levis out of Kentucky. Wow. He falls that low. I think he falls that low, and and the commanders did a steal. Did a steal. I know it's not the Chinese pick, I think. It's a steal. It's a steal. Yeah. To me, it's going to be Commanders for Tampa Bay that moves up. Those are the two teams I think that would move up. For a quarterback or for Will Levis? Will Levis. I could see it. I I could see him falling. I could see it going that way. I, I really mean it. His, to me, Richards, Richardson's ahead, selected ahead of Levis because of athletic ability alone. Will Levis, to me, there's a lot. There's a real. He has a beautiful arm, beautiful, beautiful arm. But remember, rocket arm doesn't translate into the NFL as nicely as you think, as everyone thinks. It's a sexy thing, and it's a sexy tool and everything. But to me, his footwork is terrible. His decision making is not that good. I've seen him too many times stand flat footed in the pocket, and it pisses me off. But he doesn't have to start right away there. He does not. I know there's not really a quarterback situation, but guess what? Let yeah, him, they're going to roll with Sam Howe for a little bit. Let him, let him, let him slide and everything. What's the lose at that spot and everything? He makes a great pick from. Seventeen Steelers. Ah, the Steelers. Whoa, Steelers. My favorite YouTuber, Unity. But have a fit with this. Because he wants the Steelers to select the offensive line. Yeah, they're not going to. Mm. They want to trade up for Jalen Carter, but they don't get him. 
this team is still defensive heavy. And why not pick a son of a former defensive player? Joey Porter Jr. goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Good pick. Good pick. I like it. Here's who I have for that. No matter who they had at quarterback last year and the year before that, honestly, they were flat on their back. Mm -hmm. So I have them going SEC, and I have them drafting Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. I I see that too. I that's the that was the other pick for me. He's good enough to be first round. He's not good enough to be top ten. He's too good to fall to the late first, early second. I think this is a good spot for him. Pittsburgh is in desperate need of some offensive line help. It's been bad for a long time. That's got to stop. You've built up this solid defensive line, and you can't do anything because y'all can't freaking score. You can't extend a drive, and you can't melt the clock, and you can't develop – you can't have anyone standing back there and hope that they develop under one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So yeah, Pittsburgh I, finally gets smart again and goes offensive line. It's not again, you, not, it's not a sec yeah, it's not a sexy I was pick. To- I was torn between that selection and uh Porter Jr. It's not torn. neither one of them are sexy, but they no. work. They work. The, for what the Steelers want to do, they've never changed their culture. For what they want to do, it works. Eighteen with the Lions. Well, Detroit finally got a guy who can stop these elite high-end receivers. And now they're going to get one of their own. They draft Jordan Addison out of USC. Ooh. I did not see that one. Interesting pick. Very interesting pick. Great route runner. Quick. Had a little bit of a drop issue his early years. You can work on that to a certain extent. But again, I, whenever I look at pass catchers, I look at yards per catch, I look at total receptions, and I look at radius. I, we could have literally an entire podcast on why I value it that way. But we can't dive into that too much. I'm not a big I'm not a big Pac-12 guy. I hate them. He's short. He's six foot tall. He's 175 pounds. But coming right out of that spot, yeah, yeah, runs, run, yeah, runs, a, runs a good route. He's a slot guy. He averages almost 15 yards a catch. So that's not that's not too too bad. He was a little sluggish this year when he went to USC. Look at his numbers from Pitt. Look at his sophomore season. That's what I see. Just when you get a chance, just Google it. So to me here, Lions to me are still going to go defense because their defense was awful. Their offense looks like they're really, really good. Um, I think there's going to be value for the Lions later on in this draft. Better at receiver. To me. There's a guy that's clearly on the board. I mean, to me, that's, it was that's the important thing. Guys. 
there's a few guys here for the Lions on my board that look really good. Uh, I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa here to pair up with Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, wow. That would be really cool if he fell. That would be cool to see. I have him picking. I have. There's a couple guys that were left on my board here, and I think I can. I can totally see here. To me, it makes too much sense for him to fall out of this board. Makes a pro football focus having him really low, but still, I, 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 I can't ignore it. I cannot ignore him on the board here. No, he's too good of a player to ignore. Buccaneers are on my board here. They are tempted to go tight end. There's so many good tight end prospects in this draft. Mm-hmm. I don't like it for the Buccaneers here. It is a need for them. Quarterback, there's no one's going to talk about here. Too, too risky here and everything. Um, to me, they're going to go either defense on the secondary. I'm tempted to pick Brian and Branch here, but I don't think they're going to. I think they're actually here. I think this pick is going to make a lot of sense. And I think they're going to go with Miles Murphy. Out Ooh. To me, the rich get richer. That defensive line, they value the defensive line more than anybody. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with you there. They're going to go best player available. I just don't think they're going to compete this year. Period. No, no, they they have to start kind of. Rebuilding. This is the that, year to that, do that. And, that, and, that, and that breaks the Seahawks heart. Seahawks heart because they really want Miles Murphy there. Yeah. Now, I actually remember I had my Buccaneers trade it or trade up. So I have Seattle at nineteen, and I think they actually get Nolan Smith, edge out of Georgia. I think he's better than Miles Murphy. Well, I, I have Nolan Smith being by the Packers at 13. Yeah. I think he falls a little bit. And, again, the, the defensive talent, it's there's a lot there. It's super top-heavy in terms of how much the media has talked about them. So that's why guys are going to kind of drop a little bit. That's why you see guys like Joey Porter drop because it's not like an exciting pick. That's why Tyree Wilson falls out of the top five. In a draft last year or next year, he would definitely be a top five pick. He's not. He's not going to be. It's just not going to work that way. But I think that's the right pick for them. At 19, trading down made sense for them because they get another need on the defensive line. And on my next pick, they get another weapon they can use. Uh, Seattle's picking a den for you on the board. Yeah, because yeah, they're a 20. I think this is a perfect spot for him. I don't draft running backs top 10. I don't do that. But you a, have Robinson. What's that? You have Robinson going here. I have Bijan Robinson going at number 20. It makes sense. That makes, sense. that makes a lot of sense there. I like that pick from. Trade down. You don't draft a running back early on. Now, to the Falcons, would that be a good pick for them? Yeah, absolutely. He's the top running back in the draft. But, but hands down. Hands down. But running – this is going to sound mean. Running backs are disposable. You get his prime for five years at most, and then what? What do you have? Have you oh. won a championship in that time frame? 
Because you could have if you drafted somebody else or if you traded down and got more picks. You could have. But I'm completely with you. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good spot for him, and I think he'll have a great career. I'm excited to see what he becomes. Part of me was like, oh, if the Texans got him at 12, I wouldn't be too upset. Houston has a good history with University of Texas running backs, so I think we're going to – I think we'll be okay if he came here. I'm going to go – of course, my freaking draft just refreshed on me, so I just completely well, – you lost everything – by kind of nowhere, so what's in here with the uh, I had a Seahawks, of course, but he had number 20 in this pick. With the 20th pick in the, in the draft, I have the Seattle Seahawks, and they were going to pick Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Nice. Nice. Guy who will eventually replace Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Great player. And under the radar, no one talked about him. Tempted to, to me, the defense is the tempted way to go. I don't think there's about I don't think there's a lot of value there for guys like on the board. Not a lot. There's there's a couple pieces that I like that will be here, but there's not a whole lot. That's awesome. Give me, give me one second, song because I need to actually pick my. I have to keep up with my draft board here and everything. So no problem. I'm gonna time. refill my glass. I just refilled mine way ahead of you. Okay, that's a point. I'm trying to fit so many things here or anything, and uh, I get lost in translation here. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts to these. Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, who's been picked? Okay, they've been picked. Well, then he can't go there. That's why I never I never do it online. I get a I get the same notepad every year. I get my favorite pen that I'm currently using. Right now, I, right now and I write them down. I'm just, I'm, I'm just picking names off my board that I know. I'm I'm at the point where they'll return right now. Oh shit! I haven't picked them. I do too. I, I don't know why. They didn't do anything <laughs> to me. They're not a division rival. I just fucking hate them. There's a lot of They're going to go with best player available here and everything. I'm going to go with Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. What's that? Emmanuel Forbes, corner out of Mississippi State. Oh, dude. I, I might have had him there. Receivers a tempting pick there and everything. I also like the I like the off I like the defensive tackle out of pick there and everything, but I just don't think the value is there. Pro football food has some really really high. Yeah, a little too too high. You can still get good defensive tackles in the second and third round. In all honesty, I mean, they don't all have to be Aaron Donald. That's what people forget. So who do you have in charge of selection? 
so I was looking back at the Chargers. Or I actually, a, or in a train. No, I have them staying put. Uh, it, there's not a lot of value here at the cornerback position, but I think Deontay Banks would be a good pick out of Maryland. He had That's some good, good games. Uh, my big problem with him, he got burned in the Maryland game, and he got burned in the uh, he got burned a couple times in the Ohio State game, and he got burned. I think it was in the. Some team that they should not have had. I think it was in the Indiana game. He got burned a couple times. Ohio State, I get it. They have a ton of receivers. But Indiana, what are you doing? So I've seen him get burned a few times. He is a pretty good hitter, and he is a pretty sure tackler. So I think at 21, that's a pretty good value spot for him. I, I don't. It's not going to wow Charger fans, but it is a solid pick. He is a solid player, so I'll I think that's a good spot. All right, perfect. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, 22, Ravens. Well, I'm John Harbaugh, and I've managed to run my quarterback into the dirt over the last few years and at the same time piss him off by not extending him. All the reason being, well, it's because of your health, which is funny because I'm the one that caused it. I blame John Harbaugh. Yes, that's exactly who I'm blaming for that, for the – for what Lamar Jackson is, how he is now. Regardless of who they have at quarterback, he's going to have to throw to somebody. Mark Andrews cannot catch 90 passes a year. It's not going to happen. You should, and if that's if that's the case, you have a bad offense. So I have Baltimore actually getting our good friend Zay Flowers out of Boston College here. I think it's a good pick. I think I think he falls because it's Boston College. No one seems to really know about him. And good combine, good pro day, good hands, good catch radius, a decent size. Not the not the best footwork, not the worst, but it's like you just on cone drills it just doesn't seem as fluid as what it as what it does with Jackson and uh, Quentin Johnston. Or even some of the guys that are lower on the draft board. So that's a little bit to be desired. But you have a sure-handed, pretty quick guy. And he'd be better than anyone you have at the moment. I I mean... (laughs) So yeah, that's who I have going at number 22. Well, I'll tell you what. So I actually have a local product going out here at 22 for the Ravens. To me... okay. I don't really. There's there's a free, there's three needs here. Receiver is definitely one of them. I don't, but I don't think this fits. Their, I've been mean, you know they're continuing to roll, roll with Lamar. Somebody really really punches up it or anything. I think they go corner here. They go Deontay Bates out of Maryland. Okay. I don't like the local product. I think it's a good fit for him. Yeah, each team usually has one. You know. They might be a practice squad guy. They might be low on the depth chart, but usually a team has one that they went to the college. They saw him play. They're like, you know, we could probably use him. So there's there's usually at least one guy, and I think that's it. I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. So here, uh, twenty three with the Vikings. The fucking Vikings hate them, uh, but the frauds that they are. It's tempted to go. It's tempted to go. Secondary here because the secondary is trash. 
Hey, hey, Iron Man. There's something that's missing there. They need another weapon for Justin Jefferson. Oh. Don't they? Oh, my. They have TJ Hawkinson already. But what can that build? With the 22nd, with the 23rd pick, they're going to pick Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. <laughs> they're going to go two tight ends set up. Nice. With, two, with, with two receivers wide. That's going to be a nice setup for them. With, with Dalvin Foote still in that backfield, two receivers, two tight ends set up. I think, that, I think that's going to be a nice I think that's an underrated room. Yeah, add more firepower. I like that. I like that. I don't think they, I don't think they do a receiver there. I think they do. No. I think if he falls, I think that's a very nice pick for them. Wow. If he, I think he. I'm. I'm with you. I think he will fall. I think he's going to fall even further. In all honesty, because Minnesota needed a lot of help in their secondary last year. Their secondary is pretty bad. It's weird. They have the weirdest defense. Great at sacking the quarterback. Great at getting to the quarterback. Horrible at covering receivers. They need a good coverage guy. Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State is who I have going here. Great coverage. He's how do I put this? I didn't watch a lot of Mississippi State games, so all I've seen is you know highlight. Oh, player. He's, yeah, nice. he's, he's a nice player. He's a he's a really good player. He's a really good player. And I like SEC cornerbacks. They're usually a little more physical and just seem to be a little more durable. He's six foot. He's like 180 pounds. He's not too, too small. He, he allowed he, from 2021 to 2022, he allowed from 44 receptions down to 31. He yeah. allowed 518 yards down to 280. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a big deal in that's, that conference. I think. That's also, bananas. He went from three interceptions to six. His passer rating went from ninety to forty-four. Yeah. Also, he's a, he's a, six he's a, he's a, touchdowns. Yeah, he's this guy's a playmaker. That's why I think the Ravens. I think he, that's why I think the Chargers are going to love him. That's a deep. I, that's why I, I think he fits their system perfectly. I think he's good in Minnesota. I think he really balled out his last year, yeah. and. I think he'll have an impressive rookie campaign paying homage to the late and great Mike Leach. Rest in peace, King. Rest in peace. Most captivating college football coach of all time. 24, Jacksonville. Shithole city for a shithole team. If there's anyone from Jacksonville, Who's ever going to hear this? Fuck you. Um, I, I say that. My cousin, my cousin takes offense at She lives in Jacksonville. Is she from Jacksonville? She's not from Jacksonville. She's from Connecticut, damn it. Well, that's fine then. I'm saying if you're a native Jacksonite. Because yeah, that's that's yeah. what they're called, apparently. Jacksonites. Yeah, that's pretty Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure she's a great person. But if you're born and raised in Jacksonville, fuck you. Um, I have them taking Miles Murphy out of Clemson here. I think he falls really far on the board. I think Jacksonville. I mean, this is a steal. Like, let's. I'll. I'll be honest about this. Is a steal. They get a good pick. They add back to that defensive front that they've been wanting to work on for 
the last few years, always adding to it, always adding depth. The division is theirs to win. Um, I'll be the first to admit that. But whoever the other teams are going to have a quarterback, they're going to have to have somebody who's going to put them on their ass. And I think that's going to be him. I think he's going to be a great player there. I have a, a guy falling to Jacksonville as well. And they fall in this side falls into a great situation. 24 pick. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Nice. It's just, I think that's I think that's a perfect fit for him and everything. I know that defense needs a little work, but can you really add more to the offensive line with Trevor Lawrence and everything? You saw what he did last year. You saw what he did. Imagine that team with even more protection. That team's lethal. That seems to be really that team's gonna be really fun to watch. I think they Giants, will. Yeah, I really do. Giants are twenty five by having trading. Giants are trading down. Yes, I know the Cowboys are afterwards, but they're going to trade this pick. Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock at 25. With the 25th pick in this draft, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to pick Michael Mayer at a tight end out of Notre Dame. Oh, wow. They overtake the Cowboys. They get it. Remember, Joe Burrow does not have a tight end right now. They get a true, they get a number one tight end in their system, and the top two or three tight ends in this draft are really really good. Yeah, they are tempted to go Brian. They are very tempted to go Brian Branch with this pick and everything. To me, Michael Myers is going to be the pick. I like that pick a lot. I do. I also have Cincinnati at this pick, twenty five. You have them trading. You have them trading up. I do. I know earlier I mentioned one, but I was like, oh, wait a minute. I think Cincinnati trades up. And I think you and I, we've talked about this before. They need an extra skill position player to really take some pressure off Joe Burrow. And I think a guy that you can get at this point in the draft, not a crazy amount of wear and tear, great yards per touch, knows how to find the end zone. Uh, knows how to make you know average yards per play is fairly high. Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama, is number two. I mean, the number two running back on a lot of boards, and I think it's accurate. And I have them taking him here. He can run. He can catch. He's a very versatile back, and I think it would help to have him in the backfield. I think that's who they roll with. And it's a little bit of a reach, I think they like him. I think they like him enough. And where they are in the second round, there's no way they could get him. So I think they, I, I think they kind of go a little bit overboard on it. I think it's a solid pick, and they get a good running back for the next few years. Cowboys on the clock for me. Tough pick. They really want Michael Meyer there. They really want him. They want tight. They want tight end with this pick to, to follow with Dalvin Schultz. Running back's a sexy pick here, but I don't think the value is there. Demeter didn't go to Elijah Tansy, defensive uh, has a tackle out of Pittsburgh here. Their run defense was pretty trash last year. It now was. one fall, this guy will help them out. They were straight trash last year. I have been going back and forth on this because... My new hero, Tank Bixby. 
the number three running back on the board is still available. And, I, and, Jer- and Jerry Jones is a wild, wild man. He's found a lot of good running backs. I'll give him that. We, we have to give him credit where credit is due. And as much as I want to put him there, he just screams second round to me. I have Dallas drafting a guy who fell on this board, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Yeah, it's the value's there. It's too much for them. It's too much for them to pass up. At this point in the draft, he is the best available player. I think they trade up for him if he if he falls that far. I think, he, I think they trade up for him. I think he will. I have a weird feeling that he's just going to fall. I think he's just going to fall for a while. Buffalo, his his next pick. This is a tough one here because they can go a lot of positions here. You are tempted to go defense here. There's no linebacker. They need linebacker. There. There's no linebacker here. Not not in the first round. No. Not no. in the first round. Makes they no want, sense. I think, I think they want to trade up, but there's no value there. They want to trade down, there's no value there. On my board, there's one guy. They're going to pick this guy. This might be a surprise because they're pretty heavy at this position. What is 27 pick in this draft? Buffalo Bills are going to pick wide receiver Jordan Allison out of USC. Oh, wow. That's more firepower. More firepower, more reliability, because Dave Davis can't be relied upon and everything. No. Apparently, Stefan Dids is not happy there and everything. Well, that's why you might get a cheaper alternative. Yeah, I mean, his, his pro solid, comparison is Stefan Diggs. That's why you got a healthy Von Miller this year. That defense is going to be fine. Defense will be fine. But I, I do agree with you. I think Josh Allen needs another another weapon to throw to. I actually have my second tight end on the board going here. Michael, Michael Meyer. Meyer. Michael Meyer, yeah. Uh, for Buff- to Buffalo. What? To Buffalo. So, so him and Dawson Knotts are going to be together. Yes. I think that's a good one-two punch. Whenever you have – as much as I like Dawson Knox, I, I think his ceiling has been shown. That's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think his ceiling has been shown. The tight end class this year is so deep, is so good. They're wildly athletic. I don't know where the scouts, I don't know who these scouts are that found these guys. But, dude, I could go on about this tight end class all day. I really could. I I can't do that, but I could. Again, I preach it heavily because. It's a nice nice top four draft for tight ends. It is. I mean, honestly, look at the top 10 guys. They'll be gone in the first three rounds. When's the last time that's happened for tight ends? It's been a while. I always, and again, I'll, I'll preach it again. Catch radius, catch percentage, yards per catch. Bill Belichick, that's the reason he drafted Rob Gronkowski, who did not play that much in college. He saw enough in those three aspects that he decided to draft him. I think, this, I think Michael Meyer would be a perfect fit. Year one, develop him under Knox. That's fine. By year two, year three, he'll be in that 65 to 75 catch category. I really think so. I think he's that good. Yes. For, see, it's now an 
even pick. You have the Bengals. So 28, I had them trading with the Giants as well. It made sense to me because the Giants, where they were, there wasn't a whole lot of value. They do need some help on the defensive line. They had some struggles stopping the run last year. It was evident in the Philadelphia games all three times they played them. Philadelphia ran the ball down their throat. Wasn't even hard. Brian Brees out of Clemson was probably their best run stopper last year, and he is available. And Late first round, this is a perfect spot for him. Nice pick. Nice pick. I think they're going to go secondary here. I think they're going to go with – they just lost Jordan Love to free agency. They're going to go with Brian Branch out of Alabama to pair with another Alabama receiver, McKinney, that they selected a couple of years ago. Yeah. To me, this, it's a seal for the Giants. They want to go receiver here and everything. There's just no – there's no – after Jordan Addison, there's nobody left. They don't like Jordan Addison enough. Uh, they want to go tight end. There's not enough value there. They don't fall in love with anybody. To me, this makes a lot of sense for them. This is no defense. This is an old-fashioned style team. 29th, I have the Saints. To me, they're just looking to fill in pieces and everything. They're going to go guard here. I have a Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Nice. Offensive line that needs are building. Not bad. To me, I think they're an underrated team entering this year and everything. I think this is a nice fit for them. Is that that guard out of Northwestern? Florida. Florida. Florida? He's out of Florida. Florida. Okay. Okay. Showing the guards some love. Okay. They need it. They need it. I also know that. Davenport out of UTSA is gone, their edge rusher. Yep. yep. I, I see them going with best available, just edge rushing guy. And to me, that's Will McDonald out of Iowa State. That was who I was also going to pick for them. I was, I was torn right there. He gets off the line really well. He gets off the yes, line he really does. well. He, um, the big thing that he lacks or I should say has a weakness of is hand placement and counter moves. Mm-hmm. That's from what I've seen. That's, that's about it, but he has tremendous speed. He has incredible strength. He has size, his explosiveness, he's agile, but there are some, there are some concerns about if he gets locked up, how does he get out of it? Where is he going to put his hand? What's he going to do? He gets penal- He got penalized a decent amount, not a lot, but a decent enough amount to be like, okay, well, this is uh, this is an issue. But I think at twenty nine, it's a solid place for the Saints to get him. Thirty with the Eagles. Oh, it's mine. Uh, same thing. Uh, they they're a team that likes their edge rushers, and I think they add another one here with BJ Ajulari. Ojulari. I've heard it pronounced a bunch of different ways. Edge rusher out of LSU. Oh, pick for him. I, I, so, because I had Jalen Carter. Who did you have the Eagles picking early on in the draft? See, I had them at number 10. I had them getting Tyree Wilson, also an edge rusher. You see, to me, their offensive line is aging. 
They'll have Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma to tackle. Oh. To me, they're going to go offensive defense. It's not going to be both here. And I think, I think they're, uh, to me, they're off, they value line play more than anybody in the league here. And I think they're going to go with that pick. Okay, I did a really stupid thing just now. Um, okay. So this is going to be funny. I have them getting Anton Harrison, too. I just gave away my last pick. (laughs) I I, I jumped ahead. I had, yes, I had them getting Anton Harrison. And the next team, I had the the, the Chiefs. Yes. I I was like, oh, man, I just spoiled it. But I was like, wait a minute. I didn't have them taking two edge guys. It would be cool. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm never against that. But I was like, I didn't have them, dude. Whoops. So, I have, <laughs> I have the two. I have, so, I'm going to end with a bang here. And I see, a, I have the Chiefs picking offensive linemen. But we're going to set to you, though. That's boring. Chiefs are going to trade this pick. Oh. There's a team calling. Uh-oh. And it's going to be... Who is it? Detroit. It's going to. Who is going to be picking in the center round? I'm just saying. Let's take a look here. Like early in the second round? I think Detroit has one. I know Houston has one. Of course, the Pan. Well, no, the Bears. The Bears have one. It's not going to be domination. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Just bear with me one minute. No problem. Sorry, because my um, thing's a little uh, slow right now. Ah, uh, yes. So, I, so Steelers are picking two. Actually, Bears don't pick. It's the Steelers picking 32. Texans picking 33. Tarleton picking 34. Close picking 36. Rams are picking 36. So I see here, slow. This seems to make a little bit of a big move to them. That's going to be the Detroit Lions. Putting 30 seconds selected in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions are going to pick Hayden Hooker out of Tennessee. Wow. They picked the project. They picked the they project. They go for it. Because he does not need to play. They're staple at quarterback. Jared Goff played very well for them the last two years. But that's what his contract expires after next year. It does. Or it's your next year or next year. Go out and trade a project. Go for it. Yeah. They had nothing to lose. No, they're they're a little bit ahead of schedule. They were better last year than I thought they would be. And I think two teams. The two teams that have with that. I think there's an I think I think Hayden Hooker's gonna be selected in the early second round, if not late first round. To me, it's the Falcons, the Lions, and even the Saints are gonna be in consideration there. I think there's I think there, and, and, and watch out as a sleeper pick Minnesota. Breaking I think he's gonna. I think I think if he was healthy, and he didn't have the injury. That guy's a first rounder. Period. Period. Write that loose one. Write that. That is 
Well, no, and here's why: because I want Houston to draft him in the early second. That's well, why. I was trying to protect. I was trying to protect our chest and everything, but and someone's not dead ahead of him. I want the yeah. Texans to draft Julius Williams next year for you. You mean Caleb Williams? Same thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, Caleb Williams is the best player in the draft next year. Next, bar none. Bar none. I would rather. So I would either have. And then Hooker, because he's a project. And honestly, once once you kind of once you kind of told me about him, I started watching more Tennessee games, and I saw enough. I was like, you know, I think this guy can. I, I'm with you. I think this guy can legitimately play. The only reason he's not being talked about more is because he tore his ACL. Because if he play, if he goes to the pro day, if he has, if he has a pro day, if he goes to the combine, it's a much different conversation. He played tougher competition with less around him and with, honestly, in that situation, more to lose. That Tennessee fan base is nuts. It's nuts. nuts. Despite them being bad for so long, they expect them to be good. And guess what? I know last time a quarterback was selected at 32. It was Lamar Jackson. And it's, and it's- wasn't it Lamar Jackson? It was sure as hell Lamar Jackson. Everyone fought, and a lot of people laughed it. The media fight was a great choice, and it was. Kudos to the Ravens. It was a great, it was a fantastic move that they made a draft day. Yeah. There I, think were... takes, I think someone takes the plunge there. I think someone takes it. I don't know who. I have feeling it's Detroit. Detroit's ready to make moves. It's not going to be an AFC team, I don't think. AFC, I, I think the rest of the AFC is ready for the old gods to fall off. The NFC is there for the taking. I don't know what you think. That's what I think. I think with the AFC, there's so many good quarterbacks now, and there used to, honestly, there used to not be. But ask, and but ask, there's just so much firepower now. But ask yourself five years from now. Five years from now, a lot of these guys are going to be at the end of their contracts. Who knows what their bodies are going to be capable of doing? Who knows what conference they're going to be in? I think the NFC, especially you bringing up the Lions, that's a that's a team like you said they're ahead. Like we said, they're ahead of schedule, but they're not in a big hurry. Their expectations are realistic. They're fine with Dan Campbell missing the playoffs in his first three years because they expected to. They they proved themselves last year. They they improved a lot last year. And I think with drafting a guy like Hooker, trading up to get him, is it worth it? Yeah, because, again, he does not have to start immediately. He does not have to play right away. And I was was going to pick a boring offensive lineman for the Chiefs, but I think they make – if they don't move up – I have them so I have them going with um like I said I got them mixed up. I have them going with Ojolari out of LSU. I have them picking up an edge rusher. Just to add a little bit more firepower to that defensive front, which in all honesty was not horrible. It's not great. That's 
you can only outscore people for so long. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, look what the I rest of the AFC is doing. Their poor man's secondary got, got away with a lot last year. They got away with right. a lot, yeah, because they played now, a lot of crappy teams. But then again, their poor man's defense won the Super Bowl last year. It did. Because they actually, they actually made plays in that game. They are they were really good at containing quarterback runs. And like I, you and I were watching at the same time. Look at Jalen Hurts and his rushing stats in the first half as opposed to the second half. Nothing. Non-existent. Non-existent. And they didn't win. He has to he had to use that to set up basically their entire offense. And if they can't do that, they can't win. And the Chiefs expose them. So they're really good at exposing weak points on the deep on the offensive side. But on paper, the numbers don't jump off the page. They've had some pretty bad games because they get burned a lot. I'm saying the t- the three teams to watch late in the round are going to be the free NC powerhouses and the Bills, the Chiefs. All three of them can very well make a move in this year's draft. If it's one of the one of the three will make a move, I'll be shocked if one of the three don't make a move. I will be shocked. Yeah. There's all three win now mode. Hundred percent. If it's going to be my betting game, it's going to be the first two versus the Chiefs. Chiefs are Chiefs to sit back a little bit. They look really good right now and everything. The other two are hungry. Bales to me had the best offensive had the best roster right now in the NFL, in my in my own opinion. I mean they do. I love that. I love that Bengals team. Yeah, I like the chances for next year. I I I, I if I'm betting man, I'm betting the Bengals. That's just me. Perfect. That's going to conclude tonight's mock draft and everything. Their thoughts on mine, your thoughts on my thoughts on yours. We have a lot of guys falling like we did last year. I think last year we um, we didn't agree on a lot of them, but there were a few we were under close, the radar we were, late. We were close on a lot of things today. We were close. Yeah, it was in within like a couple picks, which, uh-huh. I, yeah, I guess that's pretty, I guess that's pretty good. There's That's a little bit more, yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think we see value in some of the and some of these under the radar guys. We do. I think me, I think me and you. This is gonna be a fun draft and everything. And obviously, Thursday night on at eight o'clock Eastern time, uh, we're going to be doing something here. Uh, likely the uh, telecast here and everything. We're going to invite some links to people and everything, and then uh, we're going to be doing a live draft reaction, and then we'll do a live uh, a draft reaction um, next week. That's a recap and everything, and then we're going to go away for a while. Yeah. This show. This is a big week for us. Yeah, this week is I'm I'm really excited. This is the best part of football. Yeah, this is it's it's both the fun part and the most overrated part. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I guess it could be. Yeah, but it's pretty fun. It's it's gonna be fun and everything. And uh, me and you teams are probably not gonna make the playoffs this year, but hell, 
Bird. That's one of the signs. That's why we look forward to the draft because it's the future, after all. That's right. Perfect. But right. so I am going to send out links to people uh, on Discord, um, as well as uh, I'm going to post on Twitter if anyone wants a LinkedIn or anything that they want to at least follow it because I'm only allowed certain people. I actually can't kick people out. Uh, when I invite people in or anything. So, yeah, I don't want the whole general public to come in onto, onto our show or anything. That's going to ruin all the fun here. So, with that being said, I'm going to be very selective here. I'm going to try to get some guest stars and everything, attempt to, but if not, it's just going to be me and you just having a cool day around the park and talking and reacting to draft night, which me and you live in 2021 at your apartment. Yeah. And then uh, we did last year live. Uh, both uh, that was on Tellercast and everything. And now me and you are going to be doing it on here. So this is our third straight year doing this. this is, it's going to be fun. Oh, dude, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And honestly, it, bring, it, you know, it brings me broad joy because, you know what, I don't want to be that streamer or anything that, does, you know, that's a lot of hits and everything. I just want to be doing it with the people I like. Amen to that, man. Because everybody else, because everybody else are squares. Everyone's squares. Everyone's all. Let's see. Let's see. Mel Kiper square. Uh, Ian Rapport square. 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 Don Can't Lemon square. square. Yeah, his bitch ass got fired. Ha. <laughs> So it's Tucker Carlson, so yeah, <laughs> squares. Uh, oh, yeah, he did get fired. Yeah, he got fired. Yeah, he, he got fired. He got fired. So, anyway, so me and you are going to be doing this here and everything. Uh, I'm going to ask a couple of cool asses. I mean, it's meant the same for you. That's going to be your personal project here and everything. So, that's going to be my one ask for you. What's up? My one ask for you is to ask people. Absolutely. To join our cast, even if it's just a few minutes. I just ask for a few minutes of people's time, especially your Texans fans, to react to those two picks that you have. Let me try to find some. <laughs> you would think I would know more, but unfortunately I don't. There's not that many. Well, I think Mike I think Mike is actually generally interested in joining us. Is it Money Mike or a different Mike? It's only Money Mike. <gasps> the money Mike. The money Mike. The one and only. Oh my gosh. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah, I know. So very fun. So be fun. So anyway, this wraps up our mock draft coverage and everything. Be sure to criticize us on Twitter as well as be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Music. And of course, be sure to work out for those invites to our live draft day coverage on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. and everything. We're really looking forward to it. Be sure to criticize us. Be sure to praise us. Be sure to mock us all you want. We cannot wait. Bring it on. I love trash talk. I love trash talk. I will make you all cry. No, I'm just kidding. Eagle fans, come at me. Come on. Yeah. I'm going to post that on my Facebook and everything. Come at me. I'm welcoming you. Come, Come at, at me. me. Eagles fans, Chargers fans. Let's see. Who else? Um, Jacks, uh, Bolts, Jaguars Bolts fans. fans. 
Yeah. Oh, you hit Colts fans. So every Colts you, fan you, I've you ever hit, known. You hit Colts fans or you hit Titans fans? Um, Has to be Colts. So, Has to be Colts. Honestly, every Colts fan I've ever known have been pretty chill guys. Uh, yeah, they I, are. yeah, I mean they they like to drink their beer. I've met a I've met some pretty chill Tennessee fans. And I've been a couple of assholes, but not a lot of them. Jacksonville fans, as far as the AFC South goes, are the worst. Because for years they sucked. And they knew they sucked. They just wanted to trash talk. And God forbid they beat your team one time. Like, oh, you see that? We're bad. You so you must be even worse. It's the it's so annoying. Like I said, it's a shithole city, it's a shithole franchise, and a shithole fan base. I don't like the Jags. I will actively root against them. If they become the Houston Jaguars, I will change loyalty. I, I will just pick a different team to follow. I do not like the Jags. It's like I like as a Packers fan, people are like, oh, the Bears are your biggest rival. They're not my biggest rival. I don't hate the Bears. I don't hate the Bears. I hate the Bears, but I don't hate the Bears. I hate the Eagles because I grew up in Philadelphia. I absolutely hate the Eagles. Fuck the Eagles. I hate, I hate the, the Eagles. I, I hate the Vikings. I absolutely hate the Vikings. But I remember well, growing up, the Vikings were good. Yeah, yeah. So they so they gave you a lot of problems. You were, let's see. Well, when I, when I was seven, eight, when I was seven years old, I was Randy Moss's rookie season. Oh wow! Yeah, were you even Jesus. born? Let's see, what year would that have been? Ninety-eight. Yeah, I was two. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even form a memory, but yeah, I was alive. Yeah, the Vikings were assholes. They still are. Even though I think I've been my best my friend I know you talked to him is Ben is gonna come on. He's very interested. He's a Viking fan. He's going to Giants. Look forward but, to it. It's gonna be a good night. He will look out invites people and everything for me and Sloan no matter what and everything. We cannot wait. But be sure to of course, like I said, follow us here and everything. We try to post content as much as we can. Remember, me and him have day jobs, so we're not losers like the other YouTube creators. That's like right. That. But guess what? Our draft night is going to be fun. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be private. More importantly, get talk to us. For two, we're going to be drinking whiskey and whatever we want all night. We're unfiltered. That's right. Now, I suppose it's Stephen A, but you, didn't, you, you know what we want. Anyway, this is Danny Patrick Ryan speaking for Stone Loyal. Awesome, man. Have a good night. You too. You'll be good. Bye. Y'all be good.